hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Welcome to the Life is Hard podcast with Rob and Doug. I'm Doug. That's Rob over there. With Lord Rob and Doug. That's right. Lord Rob. Sorry, I forgot. Gosh, how quickly we forget. (laughs) I don't forget. So I have a, a sad story from my kayaking trip. I went kayaking the other day. It was a beautiful day. It was a little cool, but it wasn't bad for, you know, in the water. You just got to layer up, you know, it's layers. way too early for kayaking. Dress in layers. Haven't you heard? You just dress in layers. Anyway, I actually ended up peeling a couple layers off. It was warmer than I thought it was going to be. But, so I got, I go, so here's the deal. Like, okay, my kayak tends to take on water when it rains a lot, so... It's sitting on his trailer. It's got water in it. And the other day, I decided I better drain the water out because I'm going to be going out of the water someday. So I drain the water. In order to drain the water out, I untie it from the trailer and tip it up. And anyway, I drain the water out. And when I get the water all drained out, I put it back on the trailer. And uh, I took the hatch cover off and pulled this little caddy thing that's in there out so that the air could get inside the kayak and kind of dry it out. And... Um, Tied it back down. Thankfully, I tied it back down to the trailer because what happened was when it came time to go kayaking, I was kind of in a rush. I was like, yeah, I need to get out there and paddle and get back before it gets cold. And uh, so I hooked my trailer up to the car and I took off and I got to the water and I looked and my hatch cover was gone and the other thing was gone. And I remembered that I had left them loose. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) shit, they fell out somewhere on the road, right? So anyway, I thought, fuck it, I want to get on the water. So I just went out on the water with this big hole in my kayak, you know, this void, um, which it didn't sink, so it was okay. Um, We didn't get any rain, you know, there's no no real issues there. But So I get back from kayaking, I get back to the house, and before I even go into the house, I didn't you Did you stop like and look on the road and stuff well i looked on my way back yeah i watched kind of as as best i could without you know crashing into somebody head on i was watching the ditches to see if i could see it but i didn't see anything on the drive back but as soon as i got home didn't bother to open the door to the house or anything i just i just got out of my car and parked the car in the driveway got out of my car and started walking back towards where i put the boat in it's like a mile and a half so i just thought well i'll just walk until i find it well, I found the, the hatch cover right away, which is actually the most important part. Um, the other thing is like a little container that goes, it fits in so that it hangs there. doesn't quite go to the bottom of the boat. You could put shit in. It's just a round. It's almost like a one-gallon bucket, basically. Like uh, a caddy. Yeah, I'll just call it a caddy, but it's probably, anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a bucket that's about a gallon, and it just sits in the hole, and then you put your stuff inside of that, and then you put the hatch cover on to cover it up. But I wasn't too worried. I was like, yeah, I hate to lose that, but it won't really, like, at least I got the cover so the boat isn't, like, wide open. If it's pouring down rain, I'm not going to have water going in my boat. But So I'm carrying the cover, and I'm walking, and I walked all the way to the creek. So the whole mile and a half, I walked the ditch, didn't find the thing. I'm like, where could it be? Like, there's no way. And, and there was an orange strap in there, too. So I thought, well, even if somebody picked it up or they ran it over and it went flying off, you know, the, the orange strap would be somewhere, right? Because it's just an orange strap that happened to be in the thing. And it would be really bright colored, easy to spot. But anyway, I get back and I'm like, there's there's only one. I look really close around my house because most it's unlikely that anything that's loose will actually make it to the highway. On account of there's bumps in my driveway, there's bumps in the road, you know, before I get to the highway. I thought if right. nothing else, it would bump out when I went up onto the highway. Like there's this bump going up on from my dirt road onto the highway. It's like a big bump. 
So I thought, you know, that's where I expected to find it if I didn't find it on my road. But anyway, so I, I was like, I wonder if somebody picked it up. So I went over to, to my neighbors who, you know, happens to drive up and down the road quite a bit. And I said to him, I said, you didn't happen to see a black thing on the road with an orange strap in it? And he goes, goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, picked it up earlier because it was just sitting in the road. <laughs> I just got through walking for like an hour, right? And I'm like, I probably should have asked him first. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so I, I got everything back. I got the strap, the mm. thing, and uh, yeah, I know it's sad. But That's not nearly the disaster story I was expecting. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, at least I like. I, mean, I was thinking alligators and you know rising tides and overcoming adversity. Well, I was trying to think of something that would have happened because the hatch cover was open. You know, something maybe the void of the. Kayak being, you know, I don't know, but I couldn't think of anything right. creative to, to make I've, up. I've been waiting this whole time to say, see, that's why you don't go outside. But I have better reasons for not going outside these days. I mean, the gnats are, are crazy. Not the I biting mean, walking ones. Walking three miles in futility, that kind of qualifies. Yeah, well, that was the kind of the story is I walked this whole, I mean, I, I could have just turned around after maybe a half a mile and said, if it isn't in the first half mile, it probably isn't out here at least you thought well enough to ask your neighbor well it had to be somewhere i'm like this isn't possible right it's got there's got to be some sign of it even if even if i found it busted in five pieces or you know because someone ran it over on the highway or something I, i mean i walked the damn ditch the whole way to where I put my boat in. It had to be somewhere in between those two places. But I mean, anybody could have picked it up. It wouldn't have necessarily been that neighbor. It could have, how many neighbors do you have? Or how many people live in that neighborhood? Well, yeah, there's just one. on that road. I just figured that this is the most likely person to have picked it up. No, but they were driving back and forth all day. Like they were working on something, so. Yeah, well. Well, the thing was. Good job recovering your belongings. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, like I said, I was saying, I figured even if someone had picked it up, the strap would be laying there and I would know that it had, dis- you know, that the black thing had disappeared. Right. But they got both of them. Um, and and that, was, that was one of the reasons why I was pretty sure it wasn't, you know, like it hadn't hit, fallen out on the road and someone driven over it or something like that. Because I'm like, that strap would still be, there'd be this bright orange strap, even if... I just found some bright orange strap that belonged to somebody else and thought, oh, this is the strap and it's gone. But I, I didn't find <laughs> anything. a little burial service for it. Yeah, I didn't find it. I didn't find it. So I'm like, it can't be. Like, it cannot. We are gathered here today to remember the black bucket and right. the orange strap. And also, I was pretty sure. I mean, once I got about so far down the road, I'm like, I'm not going to find this thing. You know, it's just like, what are the chances that it made it a mile down the road? I could see maybe getting through the bumpy parts. And then when I got out to full speed, got up to 55, 60 miles an hour, that it would blow out. Right. Um, So I'm like, it has to be within the first half mile because by that time I'm up to speed, you know, Mm -hmm. chances of it staying on the trailer loose, you know, just in the wind are like slim to nil. But I thought, I'm going to walk all the way because if I don't, it'll be 10 yards past where I turned around, right? I've got to go all the way. I've just got to go the whole day. I mean, there were several times I'm like, turn around, go back. It's pointless. It's not out here. You'll never find it. Well, not. It's like it's, if it didn't fall off by now, it, it, it 
just, you know. I mean, there was a part of me that said, what if it fell off when I pulled off the highway where I put the boat in? Because it's really bumpy there. Like, there's this big bump and there's <laughs> holes. I'm like, what if it was laying right there in front of me when I was unloading my boat and I didn't see it? I'm like, there's no fucking way. I'm like, what if it was? What if it was there? So I had to go. I had to go all the way there and see if I had just not seen it because I wasn't looking for it. I would have been convinced that I would have got back and found it like in my trunk three days later or. Well, I knew it was going to be, but I also, I also had convinced myself that if I searched more thoroughly around the road where I live, that I was going to find it. So I gave a good thorough search of the road before I went and interrogated my neighbor. And I also went in the house and got a cup of tea and, you know, had a little something to eat because it was like, okay, now I've been kayaking for three hours. I've been walking for an hour. It's time to go inside. (laughs) You got your exercise. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty good day. It's no wonder you need therapy. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I um, tell you that therapy shit's crazy. There was something about um, about my therapy that I was going to mention, but I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down, I don't think. <laughs> if it doesn't make the notes, it doesn't go in the show. Well, I, I can't remember things on the fly. There's so many things I think about in the course of a day that I think, hey, that might be fun to talk about. And then I don't write it down. So, <laughs> no. so oh, you hear what you're missing, listeners? Exactly. We could be having a really interesting podcast if Doug would remember what he wants to talk about. Well, this could end up being kind of the science show because. At least three things on my list are science-related. Yes. Yeah. Oh! Ah! Yeah. I heard heard that. Yeah, that's not good. It wasn't very obvious. Except for me going, oh! ah." Yeah, I actually thought it shocked you or something. I'm like, has he got a a shocking feature on his I I turned all my volumes down before we started recording, and I thought I was prepared, and my damn phone alarm letting me know that the podcast is happening. It's kind of late, isn't it? Well, I must have snoozed it earlier instead of dismissed it. Oh, gotcha. Oops. Oops. So you set an alarm right. for our podcast? Yeah, I have to remember. Well, uh, yeah, I know. I just don't I just don't forget. Like I by the time we do this podcast, I have already been like checking the news for 2 hours and and kind of trying to figure out what the hell we're going to say. I I wish I could prepare that much. Yeah, I understand. I'm thinking about work constantly, and I've got even more work dumped on me tonight right before the podcast. Did Ended you, up with a impromptu meeting. Did you get? And, I, I, I know you I, didn't, didn't list this in your thing, but did you get a chance to see the NFL analogy and that guy's? Uh, no, but we could talk about that. Yeah, because it, it was that Tell was me a, about it. I just want to mention it because it's a really good analogy. So this guy I'm a says, football fan, so we'll see. He, he's talking about how we run our economic system, you know, in terms of helping people kind of get a leg up or whatever. And he was saying that, that uh, the way the NFL is run, the rules they've, they've created, helps keep it more balanced so that it's fun to, you know, so you don't have one team that, that just right. takes over. Parity, they call it. Right, the team that is... I guess the lowest performing or whatever gets first pick mm-hmm. when they when they have new players and and uh, oh, and they go further than that. They have a salary cap. That's what really keeps it even because all the 
it traditionally before the salary cap, the teams in the big markets like New York, Chicago, always ruled. Yeah, right. With with you know a concentrated fan base and therefore more fans or whatever ticket sales, all that yeah, kind of stuff. They money. would just have they would have more money, right? So they would just outspend the smaller market teams to field a better team. And so they instituted the salary cap and now every team has to come in, you know, at the same maximum level, you can't spend more than X, whatever X is that year. And, uh, it forces teams to like, let go of some really good players because they can't afford them anymore. Ah, well, anyway, this guy uses that analogy. He talks about if the NFL instead were to, you know, let the best teams pick first and basically give more, you know, always give, give just, just let the best teams get, because they're the higher performers, let them get more, right? Let them have more money, let them have more whatever. And then, you know, eventually the poor teams would just, there's no way they could compete. Right. And he, he's saying the way we run our economic system is similar to that. We make the rules. Oh, that was a, he said that, you know, the, the better teams would be allowed to have extra players. They would get, you know, favors and stuff. He goes, that's how we run it. We basically let the people with the money make the rules. And then we tell the poor people who have basically had the deck stacked against them to just, you know, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. Right. And he mm-hmm. said, if that was the way the NFL was run, it wouldn't be any fun because some teams would just, you know, just take over and uh, and always win, and other teams would would not have a chance. So, yeah. Well, not only that, the other teams would fold because right. they've got to make money, right? If you lose all the time, you won't have fans, right? And you won't have sales and all that. And eventually, I mean, in the old days of the NFL, there were plenty like old old days, but there were plenty of teams that went under. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it would couldn't. be no fun, even if they didn't go under, it'd be no fun. I mean, you want competitive stuff, right? You want to have good competition. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you don't want your competition to be a bunch of losers where you just walk all over them on the field. And, but that's how our, that's how we're running our country right now. I mean, really, and it was, anyway, this guy does this great. And I, I should probably give credit that the, the website is, is, uh, Tom Hartman, uh, dot medium dot com and uh, they spelled Thomas T H O M like Thomas. Anyway, just to make sure I give credit where credit is due because it was his and Hartman with two ends at the end that'll mess you up. Too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. T H O M H A R T M A N N dot medium dot com. Anyway, I haven't read much of his stuff, but that popped up in my Twitter feed, and I. Uh, Actually, I went to look at it for a different reason because the title of the article is GOP uses Dr. Zeus to distract from uh, their embrace of gangster capitalism. And uh, it ended up being more about gangster capitalism than it was about the Dr. Zeus thing. But Yeah, what's going on with Dr. Zeus? I've heard him come up a few times lately. You know, it's funny you'd ask because I just read a long article about the exact details of all this. So basically the Zeus company, because Dr. Zeus is dead, you know, um, it's Seuss, right? Seuss, okay. Doc, Dr. Seuss is dead. And uh, okay. I know it's spelled Seuss, but I always said Dr. Seuss. Like, all my life, it's been Dr. Seuss. Anyway. Um, and his company has, they published, they still have the rights to all of his books. They pulled six of his books from circulation because they have racist caricatures in them. 
And uh, it's, you know, it's not hard to believe because uh, Dr. Seuss was like in the early 1900s. I mean, he died at like the age of 100 in like 1990 or something. He, Culturally speaking, he was an early 1900s person, right? That's when he grew okay. up. That's So his work reflected the culture of America at that time. I mean, you know, whether you want to think of him as a racist or not, I don't think he... He overtly fought racism. He fought anti-Semitism. And if you think about like Horton, here's a who and things like that, his message was that everybody's cool no matter how big or how small and all that stuff, right? Um, yeah. So he kind of bristled when people approached him about his work being racist because before he died, people had actually talked to him about that and he had actually changed some things uh, in his books that where he agreed with them. Um but either way, his work isn't perfect, and, and the corporation finally decided that they were going to pull six of his books because, you know, of, of racist stuff. And essentially it was a capitalist maneuver like they always are because they were probably going to lose business. But the, the what made it a story, that wouldn't even been a story, okay, because most of the six books that they pulled you have never even heard of. He's got, I don't know how many books, but way more than that. So they didn't pull the cat in the hat. Green no. eggs and ham. There's the only Grinch one. That, stole Christmas. Yeah, there's only one they know. pulled that you would have heard of. And I'm trying to think what the name of that one was. It was something. That's fine. You're yeah. saying not the top tier level. No, books. no, anyway. no, absolutely not. And um, and they just basically just said, hey, you know what? We don't we don't need these to be out there. And so so what happened was the the GOP jumps on this and says that we've canceled Dr. Seuss. <laughs> which is the furthest thing from the truth. And it was not even something that the left did. It was just something that I guess they could, you could blame it on the left. Cause you could say that the, the, the racist police got to them or whatever. I don't know, but that's basically the story. The GOP says, Oh my God, they've canceled Dr. Seuss. So what does McCarthy do in the Senate? He actually reads green eggs and ham during his Senate time. Reads the nice. entire entire book to the to the Senate. Uh, I and, would not eat them on a boat. I would not eat them with a goat. Exactly. I wouldn't eat them in a house. I wouldn't eat them with a mouse. The whole thing. He reads the whole fuck. By the way, he had trouble with some of the words too. I I should mention. Um, <laughs> but it, essentially, the yeah. GOP is using Seuss this requires like at least a you know kindergarten level vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. In in my opinion, the whole thing is just a distraction. Kind of like what Hartman was saying, it was a distraction from gangster capitalism, and and I would say it's a distraction from a lot of things. Um, they're trying to pretend that January sixth didn't happen. You know, all right. these all these uh, people are being tried right now. They're being investigated, and they're, we're finding out more and more about. Like, for instance, one of the people that Trump appointed to the State Department was one of the leaders of the insurrection, and and he's not getting out of jail, by the way. Um, they, he's apparently a, a Marine, ex-Marine, um, and uh, he, he's, you know, he's been around, he's like 42 years old, and, and he's worked on the Trump campaign and served for Trump in the State Department and been a Marine before that and all this stuff, and, and, and he was basically one of the leaders of the insurrection, and, and the, um, the, his, his attorney was like, you know, we can let him go on his own reconnaissance because he's a proud Marine and he's not going to run and whatever. And the judge is like, no, he changed sides. Like, he took an oath 
to defend the Constitution as a public servant, and he changed sides. Like, he's a fucking traitor. He didn't use those words exactly, but he did actually say he changed sides. And um, no, we're not letting him out of jail. <laughs> he's staying in jail. So these guys are taking a pretty good beating. I mean, they're this is all being exposed, and, and the Republicans are basically, they have nothing. The Republicans have nothing. They're against the, you know, the aid package, right? They're yeah. they're against all kinds of things that Americans are for, and uh, and so what they're doing is bringing up green eggs and ham, and saying how Doctor Zeus is such a great guy and uh, Zeus, Doctor Zeus. Anyway, he's such a great guy, and and the left is canceling him. It's it's a non-issue. If the news, if the media hadn't brought it up or somebody hadn't brought, we wouldn't even care. Nobody would notice that these books were gone. Right. Well, I wouldn't say they have nothing, right? Because they still have their support. You know, I mean, yeah. Did Did you hear that Trump told the R the RNC to cease and desist using his name for campaign for for raising money? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, they said fuck off. They told Trump, "Sorry, you're a public figure. Right? You are. Well, you are the point. RNC, and we're going to use your name as much as we want to." So, yeah, they do kind of have a point there. They do, but I would love to see them get into a, you know, headbanging thing and basically eat their own. Yeah. Nothing makes me happier than to see the Republicans fighting amongst themselves. Well, we said that same exact thing. I know. I know. When? When did we say the same exact thing? During the primaries, the Republican primaries of 2016? what became the 2016 election. I think it was 2015 at the time. Yeah, but, yeah. but I don't remember that far back. Oh, I do. Like when when Trump was making all the typical uh, politicians, because at the time you had Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, yeah, yeah. That, that lot, and he just made fools of them. On the stage, you know, and we the, had a good time with the it. Didn't we? Oh yeah, we loved it. We ate it up. But you know, but that was then, and this is now. So I know. I mean, I I would just love to see you know him basically pissing on the RNC and having his followers say, you know, we're no longer going to support the Republican National Committee because they're not listening to our our fearless leader. Right? I don't know. I mean, I just like I said, I just love to see them fight amongst themselves. Yeah. It's the Republican for- whole thing is a weird kind of animal because they have this very, uh, they have a portion that's like a continuous battle for control, you know, because the Tea Party, right, started all that stuff and they kind of took it over and Trumpism and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're they're kind of always at odds with the establishment Republicans, yeah. but yeah. but they make that case. They play to that that populist base, if you want to call it that. The you know anti authoritarian streak that is shared between. Let's just call them what they are. They're a bunch of twelve year olds. Well, whatever. But yeah. the point is, as soon as they get power, it's the establishment Republicans that run everything. Right. You know, yeah. like when Trump got elected, it was still McConnell. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. still whoever. Ted Cruz and Tom Hawley and, and yeah, I know. I, I just think the whole thing is, is, is crazy. I'd, 
probably don't want to spend more time on it because we're up to 24 minutes already. You're right. Let's get to the frogs, damn it. <clears throat> okay, so the female frogs, turns out, can filter the mating calls of frogs that are not their species, filter those out so that they can tune in on frogs that are suitable suitors. And, and how do they do that? Find a frog to get laid with. Um, well, they're apparently more successful at it than I am. They they <laughs> they do it by their. I thought long, you weren't bringing up your therapy. Oh, sorry. This is crazy though because this is not what I would have expected. I would have expected something like you know they've got some frequency filter. It's important background information to know that different species of frogs have calls in different frequency ranges and things like that. So they basically are filtering by frequency. But what's cool about it is that frogs get sounds. From their their ears are connected to everything to their lungs. They have ears. Yeah, but they're sort of integrated in their whole body. Um, okay, which is interesting because ours, you know, like our our ears connect to our throat, but it's normally closed. That's why when you're flying in an airplane, you have to yawn to, to equalize the pressure in your ears, right? But theirs are wide open. So what happens is their lungs apparently are tuned to amplify a certain frequency. And that sends this signal to the ears that then is used as a, as a reinforcement, either positive or negative reinforcement to filter either courage of frequency or discourage of frequency. But, but anyway, it's crazy because... So it's like stereo, like when you have... No, it's like noise-canceling headphones. Right, exactly. Yeah. Except That's they said they only knocks it down about 10 decibels. Like if you put the same frequencies in the left and the right speaker, they'll cancel each other out. Right, assuming the speakers are the same distance away from you and all that. But yeah, you know, it can get really weird. You can get some weird harmonics out of that. I don't recommend that. People don't listen to Rob. Do not try that at home because you get some really bizarre <laughs> shit going on. Actually, if you really want to hear some crazy stuff, go through a frequency sweep. Have something that just goes from, you know, just goes up through the frequencies because it'll sound like it's moving around the room. Okay, don't make fun of me, all right? I'm not a frog. So anyway, the other thing is... I was is, going for a dory in the whale, really. But. You know how, like, like this is another just little tidbit, that how, like, uh, dogs can move their ears? You know, when a dog's, like, listening to something, its ears <laughs> will rotate or something? Mm-hmm. Turns out that we used to be able to do that. But we've... The muscles to move our ears are there. We actually have those muscles. But we can no longer... Some people can access them, but most people can't. Isn't that... Wasn't there a song about, can you wiggle your ears? There might be. I was thinking that it went, do your balls hang low, do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> that one too. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Anyway, so that's the other little... That was another little science tidbit. But I was watching an anole in the greenhouse uh, either today or yesterday. Um, anoles are... Anole? They're... They're a little lizard. They look like iguanas, but they're chameleons. Okay. And this is really cool. So I'm watching them because sometimes they, you know, they're all over the place. They're not unusual here. They're everywhere. But um, but I was watching him climb, and he climbs this uh, thing, this yellow thing. And, of course, while he's on the yellow thing, he's bright green. I think they can't match all the colors. They, they can only match certain colors. But uh, he wasn't too far off. But I think if I was a predator, I would have gotten him. 
Anyway, he climbs the top of this thing, and he's got like about an eight-inch jump. Now, this anole is probably, his body's probably like three inches long. And he's got this eight-inch leap onto this ledge. And I was thinking, he's going to leap. I'm just thinking, he's going to do it. He's going to leap. I can tell. And sure enough, all of a sudden, he just springs across like there's nothing to it. No effort whatsoever. I'm thinking, if that was me, you know, proportionately speaking, that would be me leaping like 20 feet into the air. With like <laughs> no effort it. whatsoever. Just Come on, you could do it. Yeah, yeah. Just spring over, you know. I can spring onto the roof of a building without. I mean, it would. I would be like a superhero movie. The only thing stopping you is the belief that you can't do it. That's what my therapist said. Anyway, so um, I shouldn't. You know, I'm maybe not paying you enough, Rob. I don't think you are. That or I'm paying her too much. Okay, so back to the point. So I'm watching this Noli because now he's sprung from this yellow thing onto a shelf, a wooden shelf, and it's kind of a dark brown wood. And I'm thinking to myself, he has to change color now. And so I sat and watched him. And sure enough, within about a minute, he was dark brown. And I was like, that is fucking amazing. Like, think about it. Like, how do they even know? Does there, does, do, do they look at it with their eyes and then tell their skin to change to match, or does their skin like sense the color of what they're on and and do something? And even then, how does it know? And how does it do it? Like, first, how does it know to do it? And then, how does it do it? How do you just change color? I can't just change color. Well, okay, so I have no idea. No, but but let's you know this is science place anyway. Um, let's just theorize this for a minute. The only reason that things have color, right, is because... Of pigment. Well, because they reflect... Well, they absorb. Well, they reflect that spectrum, right? They absorb the other ones. Right. And they reflect the ones that they reflect, right? Right. And that's the color that That we we see. see, And I've even seen, like, I don't know if you've seen the show, but there is called Brain Games or something to that effect, but they did a whole episode on color and how even shadows will affect that because, you know, like orange will look brown in a shadow or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't see how it would be possible that the, the Anoli would be able to look at a color and say, I'm going to try to match that. But what could be possible is if there's some kind of, receptor in the skin that sees the frequency that's being directed at it from the surrounding area. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was thinking that, but and like matches it inherently. So it's not really like a visual. I'm going to match this color, but it's like a frequency evener. It just, it implies that his skin has some, visual or at least color detecting ability and and i mean it may it may very just well frequency have. detect you just told me that the frogs yeah. have ears and they can filter certain frequencies so there's no reason and it and it's tied to their whole body and stuff there's no reason that like their ears couldn't do the same thing in an anomaly well ears are a little different and that they're just channeling acoustic information this is anyway i don't know i don't know i'm gonna look it up that's my point i'm gonna look it up no i'm just gonna look it up i mean just because it's magic it's fucking magic is what it is you said it took a minute right so yeah yeah it's got it's it's got some kind of receptor yeah i know whether it's an ear or a something and it sees the input frequency because 
the things around it are reflecting those frequencies, which makes what their color is. And yeah. it just replicates that frequency and spits it back out. They can also grow back their tail. That's a totally different phenomenon. That which, is, which reminds me, did you know that a sea slug can decapitate itself and grow a new body? Okay. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Are you jealous? No, no. I, I, I don't know. I might be. After a few burritos and some donuts, I might need to decapitate myself and the, grow a new body. Okay, first of all, I, I've already said this to somebody else, but... No one in history has ever survived decapitation, so I would be skeptical about whether or not I would want to try that. But secondly, even if it was possible, even if we knew like it was a thing and everybody did it, right, like the vaccination thing, right, um, I would – like how long would it take to regrow the body? Like if it took years, it would be like, fuck this, you know? I'm, you know yeah. Like, who's got time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. No, no. I mean, start out at like, you know, 18 inches tall and continue up to your full height. Right. And, and you have your whole head, like your body wouldn't yeah, be able exactly. to support it. <laughs> Huge head. You'd be like, you'd be like stuck on the ground until your body grew enough. Well, you've seen, uh, you've seen Deadpool too, right? Uh, yes. Where he gets ripped in half and everybody's making fun of him as he grows back his legs. Yeah. Yes, yes, that, yes. That was hilarious. That was one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. Uh, so, but speaking of doing things like decapitating yourself, so the the uh, anti vaxxers have been spreading this information. They've been telling everybody that uh, something like nine hundred and sixty six or some odd number of people have died since they got the vaccination, which is really interesting. Most of them are over the age of eighty, and most of them were going to die of something. And they right. just did. Uh, but it's interesting. Well, you can't get the vaccination unless you're high risk anyway. Yeah, it's an interesting way of like using information to tell people, you know, oh, my God, almost a thousand people have died since they got the vaccination. So it's killing people, you know, like crazy. I mean, that's the that's what they want you to think. Right. I was telling somebody the other day might have been today, yesterday. I don't know. But it's like we like to pretend that data is factual. But it's really pliable. Like you can cut and spin and slice things and present actual, you know, these are real numbers to support like a very wide variety of interpretation. Yeah, of but that doesn't numbers. mean that the data are not factual, right? It, it I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, it just factual. means that people spin it. People take slices of it and they intentionally because, you know, I mean, if you read the full report, if you take any scientific study and you read the full report, it explains most cases that this doesn't prove causality or, you know, we found this right. correlation. Uh, yeah, and, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are choices when you, in, in, when you run numbers and you spit them out, right, like... Well, especially like the difference between median and average, especially right? you if know? your intent is to mislead. If you want to mislead somebody, it's pretty fucking easy to to cherry pick numbers and and say things like 966 people have died that have gotten the vaccine. Well, yeah, that's technically correct, but it doesn't mean that they died from the vaccine. And so you're 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 implying that intentionally to to mislead people. So, yeah. So we don't have any time left, but I have one more thing I want to bring up before we die because before we hang up, 
because uh, <laughs> because what are you this, saying, Doug? What do I not know? Because I have to mention this. So this kid, sixteen year old kid, has got a bomb in his backpack at school in class, and it accidentally detonates, and he gets pretty badly burned, and a few people get injured, including the teacher. Um, but okay, so think about this. We've had eight-year-olds who've gone to school with a butter knife and been suspended for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. This kid goes to school intentionally carrying a bomb, not necessarily wanting to hurt anybody, but carrying a bomb in class. It goes off. You know, they go to his house and find more bombs, and they detonate them so that there's no, you know, potential danger there. And the state police said, and I almost quote, uh, this may be a direct oh, quote. I'm not sure. Um, almost quote. <laughs> well, it may be a direct quote. It may not. I, I wrote it down after reading the article. But he said this was just a case of bad judgment. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yes, it is. Basically, they're not wanting to charge the kid with anything. They say he didn't intentionally do it. He didn't. You know, he intentionally brought the bomb to school. He didn't intentionally hurt anybody. He didn't plan on hurting anybody. He was just carrying a bomb around with him. Mm -hmm. My point here, and I have to wrap this up, but my point here is I want his dad. (laughs) Because Why? What does dad have to do with it? Are you kidding me? If you're 16 years old, which is pretty old, by the way, and you don't know enough not to bring a bomb to school, and you do, and you hospitalize four people, and all the state police say is, well, you know, it's not a crime. He just, he was just, he made a mistake. I guarantee you his father is somebody, like, like seriously somebody. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. a, like a lot of influence. Yes. Yes. And I'm, we'll and to I'm, investigate that and find out if that's true. I bet that'll come out if it is. I'm pretty sure he's white too, by the way. They didn't say well, in the article. Yeah, I was going to ask you, but yeah. yeah. But I will bet you lunch that he's white and his daddy is somebody important. Yeah. Because there is no motherfucking way. I mean, that is a federal offense. Making a bomb is a federal crime. It's, I don't care if you're, I mean, yeah, he's 16. So it would potentially be expunged from his record when he turned 18, but there wouldn't turn the They wouldn't turn the other cheek on that unless he, he has somebody in his family has some influence. Well, plus he injured himself and other people. Yeah. I mean, let, let's see you treat it that way. If a kid brings a joint to school. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I still go back to the poor kid in like first grade who brought a butter knife and they fucking fried his ass, you know? Right. It's like, yeah, anyway, but unfortunately, life was hard, but it could be worse. Life was hard, but it could be worse. Life is hard.